0: Now, let's see what's on board today. And we're back. Welcome. And this week we are with our good friend, Philip. Aloha. And Christy is not with us once again. She is vacationing, probably a well-deserved rest, uh, with her family. And she'll be back next week. And Philip, I don't think that you're able to make it next week for some reason. What
1: was uh, next week? I think I, I, I'm not, I won't, I won't fess up to that yet. My schedule is strange, and okay. weird, but I won't quite fess up to that.
0: Well, summer, the summer schedule for people is just so whack, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to coordinate during the summers is much harder when people have more free time because they don't have more free time.
1: I like that. Because they don't have that free time. That's right. That's so true.
0: <laughs> if they have structured time, then it's easier to maneuver and pinpoint when um, we can true. do this. So but anyway, um before we get started on this week's topic, I was wondering what do you think about teachers and the First Amendment and teachers being able to speak out? their minds on politics, et cetera, in the classroom as a follow-up from last week's?
1: Yeah, I have, well, excuse me. I have uh, very strong opinions about that. Um, There's a collective um, political agenda that's kind of overriding everything right now that is forcing that question to be raised and then forcing the answer to be answered. Um, there was a, there was a, a sort of a, a movement that goes towards truth. And, and uh, what, what was it? Um, someone said, you know, what was it? It's, kind of, it's interesting to say, but the truth has a kind of a, a liberal bias. And by that, I mean the truth. So it always toward kind of bends towards progressing. Um, things progress forward. They don't ever stay or move backwards. And so by that, when we look back at, at history, like um, for example, I'll give you a critical race theory. For example, when you're talking about, I used to teach history and I studied critical race theory because I studied um, black studies and race and racism and all that. And it's an, it's an advanced, boring graduate study sort of thing it's it's really got end notes and side notes and yawn stuff in it and it's based on a lot of sociology and the marxist conflict theory of sociology and you can get on and on and, and no one's teaching it in high school i hope and certainly not in middle school and elementary school um and to say they are is political just flat political um, but what you should teach in in those grades is you know that there are people in this nation that have great contributions in history and and they were of different colors and that color doesn't really matter. they're American, and they added to the culture, and here's how. And we move forward, and we're moving forward now. and we're a conglomeration of peoples that come together under not a national idea, but this idea that we have a constitution. that's our national identity that constitution demands that we Mm -hmm. sort of follow that. And for the first time in human history, it's not a national identity or religious identity. It's a identity under this idea that we're equal and we're trying to forge a government that discusses and solves problems without violence, period. For the first time, no violence. We do it without violence. And that's what the whole nation's founded on. And so he said, come one, come all, come from everywhere. And we'll build this nation here. And that's how we do this. And so we have to, I like what South Africa did that they explored their past and they forgave and they move forward. Truth and reconciliation. And that's what we need to do. You know, just say, yep, yeah, that was then, this is now and move forward. And um, mm-hmm. so as far as First Amendment goes, I think that what should be. Do. Yeah, I don't think there should be a curriculum. But do you think in...
0: that teachers should be expressing their political views in class.
1: Yeah, but that's the point. It's not really a political view. It's just sort of, what's your political view? And I think all of our political view would be, you know, that's how we do this here. You know, we're, we're coming from some place and we're coming here and we do this without violence and we discuss our past and we we look at it and we move forward together. And it's not political. We're
0: just people. And so you're throwing so out... Now. You're throwing out another option.
1: I am. I'm throwing out this. We have to sort of. Not
0: throwing out, but tossing it into the pot.
1: For yeah. Use. Yeah. I was. That's the way I was. I taught history and I taught black studies. And, you know, when I dropped the M-bomb, which I can't even do now, you know, I, I only did it in context, you know, talking about like Huck Finn. And the whole context of that is Huck learned that Jim wasn't an M-bomb. He was a human. And that was a, <clears throat> excuse me, revolutionary mm-hmm. thought in the day. We've moved on. It's sort of, yeah. And so we've moved on from that idea to the next, to the next. And now it's not that you're colorblind. It's just that it's not an issue. And so how come we have to make this an issue anymore? We seem to be spinning in a spiral that seems to be moving backward almost. We need to just accept what we were, what we are, and then be forward with it. And it it things being, I think the media, yeah,
0: the media feeds it too. The media, the media is it stirs the pot. Yeah, they say these teachers are teaching this; they really aren't. If you look at what, because they know they they know know that they're going to get people to do things that they can then report on. Yeah. So, if you want to talk about where the real bad people are, it has to be the media because they give us half truths.
1: I went to a local school and board meeting. Take and them got, out of
0: context and spin yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it was I went to a local school board meeting. It was just a series of sound bites. The local bad guy, <clears throat> well, the, the Proud Boy guy stood up and he was not a Caucasian type person. <laughs> and he stood up and said, I am mm-hmm. not white. We are not we are not a white supremacist group. I'm not white, you know, and he made the statement by saying I'm not white and, and we're not a white supremacist group and he sat down and I went yeah, I know you're not, <laughs> but he was doing it clearly to get the, the camera shot and it's like, yes, okay, next. And then mm-hmm. someone made a, some remark about some abhorrent book they found in the library, which probably hadn't been checked out in a long time, or was found under something, you know, how those libraries get. And it's like, oh, oh my people goodness, scan and they look. <laughs> no, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, there is no grand scheme to undermine the morality of our children. We're just trying to get them to sit in their seats and do the worksheet or, you know, understand the concept and, you know, get moving on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. And it's really funny. Exactly. You're and right? that the brings media. us that. <laughs> that's a perfect segue, though, from what you just said to yep. go into yeah. recess. Ding. So, <laughs> doing recess and alternative education. Yes. So, it seems as though, because I remember when I was growing up and I was going to school, that in elementary school we would have morning recess, we would have lunch, and we'd play then, and then we'd have afternoon recess,
1: uh-huh. and
0: then we, we would did. have a little bit more school, and then we would go home. Did you count? And then the by minutes? the time I got to middle school, <laughs> hmm?
1: did you count the What's minutes that? in elementary school till till recess sometimes? When you could tell time, did you go, oh, it's 10 minutes. It's like half an hour. I can make it. I can make it. It's recess,
0: recess. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But and then middle school or junior high school, you go in there and you know that you have like 20 minutes. You know that you have or. Yeah, I think it was about 20 minutes. And I think 20 minutes, they say, is pretty optimal for the time frame for a break for students and because it allows them to get their mind out of the classroom for about five minutes or 10 minutes, the first 10 minutes. And then the next 10 minutes you have actual socialization, you have activation of the body doing stuff and really going. And so they're disconnected then from the morning's activities or from whatever activities they were doing, Mm -hmm. which is really good. But um, by the time you're in middle school, though, you don't have that afternoon anymore. Yeah. And then you go to high school. And for the longest time, at least in the building where I was, there was no real. I think we I think the students were given seven minutes. Between classes. Five to seven minutes. And with a campus that was expanding, that was a real doozy for kids to haul it from one edge of the campus all the way to the other and even go up another flight of stairs because none of the upper areas were connected by any hallways or anything. They would have to go up and down stairs, which I guess is probably pretty good if they didn't have to take the elevator. Hmm. but there's no real anything. And then, so they're stuck in these classes all day. They get their lunch, but still nothing really where they can like disconnect. And then when they go out into university or community college or training school, they have all these breaks. They're given all these breaks because they know. And then by the time they get a job, they have coffee breaks, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking. Are you following me because you. you're yes. giving me um, this
0: puzzling I'm, look.
1: No, I'm totally following you with this, and I'm thinking to myself what I used to do, and and I was totally lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know what to do with any of those breaks. Yeah, they weren't enough time to do well, anything meaningful, and they were. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, see, I used them. Because we would go out on the playground or else we would just you connect with your friends and you go do something or you sit around and talk. Maybe you got some work done. Mm -mm. I mean, there are there are tons of things to do. Mm -hmm. And I think this year they finally implemented a 13 minute break for the students in the morning so that they had a little more time but it never seemed like much. But I know that our students in our program, they had a really, they they started appreciating the the coffee breaks that they got in the morning because they were given the 10 to 15 minute breaks. Yeah. And so, when they were on their internships. And oh, yeah. Look, so,
1: your students get to leave campus too. Some campuses closed. Oh, home. yeah. So I right. remember that, the challenge of, trying to manage students who leave campus, at
0: least at the you know high school level. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Well, the students, yeah, the students, well, we have security that monitors them. And I don't mean an SRO. I mean people who are hired as security and they wander the halls and they take care of kids who are yeah. dilly-dallying or whatever. And they try to be as positive as possible and try to round, wrangle them. But um, yeah, so... Back when No Child Left Behind came around, all of a sudden they started taking recess away. Yes, they did. Indeed, they and did and because they felt that they needed more instruction time. This was this was under the guise of we need more instruction time. And to me, it was a real passive aggressive way of addressing um. The standardized testing issue, which was—I
1: thought it was the beat the fine. test,
0: yeah. That's what I thought it was.
1: Yeah, or malicious <laughs> yeah.
0: compliance, you might say. So, <laughs> yeah. but who suffered? It was the students, wasn't it?
1: I yeah, yeah, I thought so. I did too, because <laughs> the I studies love have recess. shown. Yeah. First of all, what's that? I did too, and I love recess.
0: Well, I, yeah, yeah. Kids need to be able to play. Yeah. We couldn't play. There's so many there's so many things that kids can do. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the show notes below, we have um, a video and it's Montpelier High School or Mm -hmm. I think it is. But it's in Montpelier, Mm -hmm. uh, Vermont. And they talk about they have some students who are just jamming with their musical instruments. One kid talks about playing lacrosse during that time or whatever. We used to play kickball or basketball or rat ball or whatever. And um, yeah, because you kind of get everything out and it's a great way to socialize. Yeah.
1: The thing about that was um, in my high school, I saw that they broke down into social cultures. We didn't get breaks. We just got Mm -hmm. lunch. And so everyone broke into the social cultures. There was the East parking lot that was the smokers. That was the hoods. That was, um, that was the kids who smoked <laughs> cigarettes in the cars. They smoke marijuana in the cars. And when they opened the doors, the smoke poured out of the cars. That was funny. I didn't go there. Uh, there was a smoking section in the middle of the school. I didn't go there. I, my friends and I smoked. We went to a special place. Like we, didn't, we didn't hang with anybody. We didn't hang with anybody. Really. There was the athletes or the jocks. There was the socials. And then there was, um, just kind of regular people. And we were just regular people. And yeah. so when lunch hit, we didn't really hang with anybody. We sort of wandered the halls. I don't know how the teachers <laughs> put up with that, but we wandered the halls. So I didn't never went to the cafeteria. I didn't eat. And at Beaverton, that's where I went to. Shameless plug, but the high school I mm-hmm. went to, we did I didn't eat there. We'd leave campus. We'd go in the morning, actually get in the morning I'd meet my friend. We'd go have coffee. There was only two places you have espresso in all of Portland, as far as I knew. And that was at Old Town Pizza downtown and down at the coffee house in Port in Beaverton. And we'd have like espresso. And then we'd go back and have second period, third period. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we didn't really do anything. there were no breaks so, in high school. So yeah, we just we, we went off campus. <laughs> we innovated, as they said. We were suited. Pseudo- yeah. Getting, you know.
0: Yeah. My first high school, we were too far away from anything to be able to like wander off campus. Yeah. Yeah. And so we didn't. Um and if we did, we seriously, they would notice. Because my high school had 125 kids.
1: <laughs> they just counted every every hour.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. They would notice actually. No, they didn't count thing. every hour. They just everybody knew everybody. Everybody knows everybody at that at that uh
1: smaller community. You know everybody, really. Yeah, basically you do.
0: Yeah. he worked so and so kind of thing. Yeah. Well. Uh huh. And so if one of the administrators or one of the teachers said, Um, I'm looking for so and so, do you know where he is? Everybody would cover. That happens. And then they would show up. But they knew that they were off campus because they because that was long before we had all the cameras and everything else. <laughs> and don't make jokes that cameras weren't invented yet. So just film um, film
1: wasn't invented yet. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: We had those massive reel-to-reel tapes that we <laughs> had to use for our videos.
1: Oh, we used to make party tapes that way from albums, LPs, to reel-to-reel. So they would just turn on the reel-to-reel, and the tape would. Because who wants to turn over? Well, that's the awesome. Opera? I always wanted one mix of those. The songs. Oh, we had also we'd go home after school at noon in my senior year, and then we'd make party tapes, and then I'd go to work. Because I was. Are you talking like, about
0: cassettes? Or no,
1: real to real tapes because we'd throw parties
0: because we were. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, we were. It was interesting. But I lived in a it. small
0: town. I lived in suburbia. But anyway, anyway,
1: back to back so to business. you know the thing about the recess back is, to business back to um, business is that here you are in, in in um elementary school and we talked about the ties where life is good and you're learning and and you're being nurtured and then you go <laughs> to middle school and it's like all right go to work there's no breaks (laughs) and and that's C hall and you got 90 seconds better get moving pal and the door closes you know those teachers and I'm locking the door which I always thought why would you want to have the student locked out of your classroom I'm more than nervous not accounting for my students why am I going to lock (laughs) one of them out
0: (laughs) You know, it's like, We're looking for Johnny. where is he? I,
1: I have no oh, story. I have no
0: idea. I locked him out of my room. <laughs> yeah, right. Right,
1: here, give me that. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot with it.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I'll show me. <laughs> oh, man. oh okay. you know, I just never have wondered if some of the strategies teacher teachers use. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, the only,
0: the only thing that we weren't allowed to do really was to go downstairs into the locker rooms and to be in the locker rooms during recess. Yes. Yes, definitely. And so what we did was we would go down into the locker rooms (laughs) and we would, and we would lock each other in the lockers to see who could get out the fastest. And one day, because I told you the bell rang and we were terrified because I, I want to say it was my friend. Mark was inside the locker and he couldn't <laughs> get out and it was jammed. And we didn't know what to do. And it's like, well, we can't tell them that we were down here. No and so something out. happened and Mark <laughs> made it out and he said, you guys were going to leave me, weren't you? It's like, no, oh, yeah. but yeah. you know, those are the, those are the, um, events in our lives that kind of build a bond (laughs) and and so i think that recess helps with the social emotional Mm -hmm. learning yeah greatly because after a year and a half maybe two years or however long the kids were in lockdown they didn't have any of those uh, relationships happening.
1: You could almost see their vital energy draining. It was bad news. I was working with fifth graders and they're like, can somebody please come over here and like, put me in a headlock. You, know, like, you can see the boys sort of twitching. You know, I wasn't that kind of boy. I didn't really like to rough house, but those some of those boys. It's like, can somebody please just start randomly punching me it's like, mm-hmm. and girls, you know, just someone chase me just randomly, just chase me so I can flee. It was just strange, the behaviors they had. And then when they got together, Mm -hmm. I was like to watch them. I was doing elementary PE. And you know, when you watch them, one of them will just do a random cartwheel out of nowhere. And you had to know that. Just to get the energy out. Yeah. You had to know. It was just driving them insane to be locked up during that pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because they just couldn't stand not moving. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And when do kids start gaining weight? Isn't that like around middle school, once yeah. they hit puberty? And puberty they... yeah. And or so, yeah, or so they need it. to have that physical activity.
1: Yeah, I lost. They
0: need to be able to have that somehow. Yeah. What's
1: but that? I, I lost it, but I was a pudgy kid, and then I took up football, and that was the key. I didn't like football mm-hmm. because I couldn't like kill my friend. I just didn't have it in me. Um, you know just go go you gotta rip his head up but that's Tom I don't I like Tom it's, yeah I could do it in a game but I couldn't you know in practice I couldn't Is my friend but um, but they put us through such a drill that I lost a bunch of weight and that's what did it mm-hmm. but that's puberty is when you go through the change thing so these kids these poor yeah. kids who went through puberty sitting at home unless they had some kind of regimen they couldn't go to sports either come to
0: think of it could they Oof. I think I think some sports were okay. I remember seeing the football team practicing, but I think everybody had to. Maybe they had to be vaccinated and or. Yeah. Wear masks. They could do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they,
1: they could probably. You know, as long as you're getting like the group flow thing going and the esprit de corps, you're okay. You're doing it for each right. other. You're cool. I yeah. was
0: listening. I was listening to somebody on. Um, their program this morning, and they it's from two years ago, and they were talking about how they were complaining there it was a teacher who was complaining about how you aren't allowed to deny students recess, and they thought that was a bad thing, and I thought, actually, why would you deny the kid who's acting up in your classroom a physical outlet to get rid of all the energy that they have so when they come That's back? Cool they're going to be more engaged and they're gonna they're gonna be able to focus much better because they may I was just used it and and it's it's really hard but boys actually need a lot more physical activity
1: Mm -hmm.
0: than than girls do simply because they are majority of boys and if you're saying well I know this one or this one or this one We're not, we're talking about the greater population, not, not outliers. Um, Right. Yeah. It's been shown that they do. And if they don't get that, then they can't connect with the material. And they do much better when they have physical activity than without it. So that's why I was saying it was a little passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And it's actually an action against the boys to not have recess. And also, it's also, It's also against the girls. It's against every student. And for teachers, it's kind of a break to have that recess because that almost gives them a little bit of time to rush to the loo, (laughs) which is not something that they really get. And they don't actually get much of a coffee break in the morning. So um, unless you're going to give them a trucker's friend that they can strap to their leg, it's really difficult for them to always make it through the day. God forbid. I uh, I used it
1: physical activity. The, uh, you got me thinking about it, and then I thought, "Geez, man, I must have been." I should have given them PE for just the the stuff I put them through. I did a compass course where we combined. Well, we you we used the Universal Translinear Mercator, you know, the UTM's on a map, and I put flags like a mile mm-hmm. away because we had this park we could sneak up on through past the sewage treatment plant, you know and uh Mm -hmm. back in the day and we went through the park and i put a tree behind it or a flag behind a tree and they had to find it in a compass point and it was a hike and um there were rules you know don't be wandering off and don't be you know Mm -hmm. this thing and that and um we found it and and then there was uh the rock wall that i had put in in the elementary school Mm -hmm. behind us and that was you know, there was strict protocol on who could be a belayer. That means holding the rope, you know, on the safety line. And right. th- there was actually a fail safe on every device there. So even if they screwed up and I never let them know it, it would automatically catch the climber. But I treated it as if it wasn't there and I never let them know it. And I, and I would be very serious. Your hand is here. You never let go of the rope. Boom, boom, you know? And they would always do it right. And I taught on that darn wall. I mean, we. I taught concepts and science and history and everything else using the wall so we were always moving it was a group of boys Mm -hmm. but i did it with girls too yeah so i was always doing like recess they loved my classes um that way i as much as possible i was doing something physical i'd love to get kids outside they love that just going outside they like that Mm -hmm. so for sure i do a running class (laughs) <laughs> With the culmination of just doing like, a, we'd do a 5K at the end of it. And like, you know, some of the kids wouldn't do the 5K. I don't blame them, but they like to just go along. <laughs> we wouldn't really run. Well,
0: do you think, do you think that in high school that they need to have structured recess?
1: Yes. You know, I would, that's, I guess what I'm suggesting is if you can get a class where you can get kids out and teach while they're doing something outside, go for it. Definitely. I mean, I did that constantly because I wanted to be outside. And they just... Did you? Well, the one thing is you engage with something, the more you focus on it. If you get your body involved, you really focus on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes we would take the kids for walks. Yep. Yeah. Depending on the mood. Because there yeah. were days where... I just felt like I was coming out of my skin and the kids they're always up for something. And it's like, who wants to go for a walk down to the park? And they would say, yeah, I'll do it. Do we have to, what do we have to do? it's like walk. And then you walk down and then you go different directions and you're talking. And so you're socializing with them. And it's part of that relationship building as well. And sometimes, the other kids hear about it because they've been out at their internships and they come back and they go, can we do a walk when I'm when I'm in class? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll take a look and we'll see what we can do. And then all of a sudden you started this thing where they're escaping some of their work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. So so you have to be very, very prudent. That's but why I made it's actually a to really walk good thing. The walk
1: to work yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that's why I made. like Yeah. A compass but course, we had also the thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, but we would also find ways for them to do volunteer work. So if there's a way for them to get out of the classroom and go down the hallway, do something, that is totally disengaged from whatever the academics were, and they would get that, and then they would come back, and they would be fine.
1: There's some gardening programs, too, actually. Um, Yeah, in your your district, your old district, there's quite a – there's a big one. It's a huge garden, do a bunch of that. So. Mm -hmm. That's recess. If you ask some people, it's physical. So they love doing it, focused work.
0: Right. My, my replacement, who is somebody that I worked with for the past year to try to get him ready, um, he actually has started a garden <laughs> in the confines of the high school on the grounds. Nice. And so they had everything there. They're going through it. They're going to be working on it this summer. And I believe maybe they're planting things this year. Nice. So they've made huge progress and they put in solar panels. They've done a lot of, they've, they've been doing a lot and the kids are involved in all of that. So just doing that. And sometimes we had the kids go out and pull weeds in the parking lot. And that really helped as well. But another thing that we did with kids was we gave them brain breaks
1: yeah, that's helpful
0: because 90 minutes is a long time. It's too much for anybody yeah. to have to be watching whatever it is. And if you think about it, and Courtney Lear talked about this too, we don't, we're not focused on one specific thing during okay. that entire time that they have to be focused in on it.
1: Mm-mm.
0: So we, you know, we say, you know, give us. 30 minutes and then you can have like a 10 minute brain break where you can look at your phone or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, then you put your phone away and then you give us another 30 minutes. And so it actually works because the kids get something that they want. They're able to yada, 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 Or you tell them, you know, why don't you finish this piece? And then when you're finished with that, then go there. Now, that's difficult in the mainstream where people are lecturing. Yeah. But still, how do you provide brain breaks for all your students in, let's say, a 90-minute class?
1: The best problem solving that you can do, the technique is to Get to a point where you're frustrated, it's a wall, you're done with it. You, you know it's you, Go away. You want it gone, you set it to the side. And then you go mm-hmm. do something that releases it. Just gets it gone, it's gone. And then you go back to it. And when you go back to it, it starts to solve itself. It's a better process. And so if you are frustrated, you do have to take that break. You do have to step away from it. You do have to release it a bit, and then you come back to it, and it's a better process. You do have, you kind of do need to frustrate a little bit to release.
0: That's true. Yeah, you keep that's hitting true. Your head in the wall. Because
1: <laughs> it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to walk away. You do a little bit. Yeah, because that allows your brain to sort of process what yeah. you're going through. Exactly, and that's and when the ideas come my through. former one of my former positions, um, somebody was giving me a lot of grief because I would go in and I would start playing free cell and I would do it for five or 10 minutes yep. and they'd say, what gives you the right to do that? And it's, it's my decompression and processing time. And they Absolutely. said, how are you processing anything? And it's like, it's not me. It's deeper down inside my brain. So when I come back, I can have fresh eyes on it and maybe something will pop into my head mm-hmm. because when you have an ADHD brain, you have things that are popping all over and this is, this kind of allows. That's think brand. about, you know, those chambers where they blow money in and everybody has to grab the money. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's what it's like. And so when you do that, the money all settles down to the bottom. Good analogy. For the most part, maybe there's a couple that like wing around in the air, but you're able to go back in and look down and say, aha, maybe this is the one that I want.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Don't look at everything. Look at the one thing. And so you slow everything down.
0: Right. And so that's what you need to do with kids because the kids need that process. So we allow that to happen at the elementary school. We allow it to happen in the workplace for the most part. Um, Teachers kind of get a lot of grief, but they really don't get any kind of recess at the secondary level. No. Unless you count their preps, but that is where their lunches and a lot of teachers don't really get either because there are, because more and more that time is being sucked up into other demands Mm -hmm. and responsibilities. It's extraordinary lack of
1: self-awareness being applied to our children.
0: (laughs) Continually. Yeah. So
1: continuously do it. Right.
0: And the data shows the data, everything, The research all shows that this is an integral part of learning process and to deny the students that it's ridiculous. So if you, maybe if you want test scores to go up, maybe you should be practicing brain breaks, doing more recess, doing more structured physical activities with kids, but not making them think that it's PE because that's an entirely different class.
1: Well, yeah. What do you think? Well, why do we, yeah, exactly. Why are we calling them classes per se? But yeah, I mean, we did that in Alt-Ed. I mean, I could call, I was just thinking about that when we were talking about PE and I thought, gosh, I kind of use PE everywhere. I could have called the compass course PE as well. I mean, those kids did hike all over Uh everywhere doing it. So yeah, I kept them active because a a whole body is the mind and the intellect and the spirit per se and the physical being. Mm -hmm. So it was all working together and they were engaged because they were physically moving toward it. And, and what you said, you know, everything about it. (laughs) Yeah. We, we apply this, this strained work ethic, ethic onto it when in fact we work better when we set problems aside
0: and then go back to them. That's how we're wired. And there, isn't that what we're supposed to be teaching? Children well, that's the way it's supposed how to be. To problem solve.
1: Yeah, we only got through the 20th century, you know, be, by the you know that technique of just grit teeth and going for it. That's the industrial age. Now we're in a different age, and that's what I would contend, and I've been contending. We have to approach education and mm-hmm. the way we think about life and education in a totally different as way. as a no? process. Yeah, I mean, all those new jobs, a lot of them are playing jobs. You know, like Mike mm-hmm. is a wingsuiter. You know, <laughs> he wingsuits. He gets his living. <laughs> he plays is for it... a living
0: for Red Bull. Doing he... what? Wingsuits? Wingsuits. He
1: jumps off a cliff. What does he do with suit. them? He, he jumps oh, off so a cliff. Also, he's an extreme athlete. He's an extreme endurance athlete. Yeah. And he found his niche. He's an, he's an athlete. Yeah. He's an an alternative ex-alternative education student who graduated through Alt-Ed programs. And Lord knows how he was going to get his career nailed, but he started climbing and then jumping. And then now he's a wingsuiter and he's affiliated with Red Bull. He makes his living doing that stuff. And that's his career. I know it's his career Mm -hmm. to jump off of cliffs into the breezes of Switzerland and (laughs) ride that wave until he gets so low. He pulls his chute and sails to the valley floor.
0: It's yeah. How long is that going to last?
1: I don't know until he screws up, I suppose, but he's happy as a clam and he's doing it and he's getting paid. That's the
0: important thing. I
1: know it's, I don't get it. I I couldn't do it. I was there when I, I was fresh out of high school. I went traveling over there and I went. That, that very place, and I looked up and I went, this is the greatest place to jump off a cliff if you could ever jump off a cliff. It turns out in my lifetime- Where was it? Do... Near the
0: Zermatt or-
1: No, yeah, it's near Lauterbrunnen. It's in the Lauterbrunnen Valley. It's near uh, the Eiger, actually. It... The Eiger is the north side and the um, Schilthorn is the south side. And I stayed in, oh, in-
0: That's the German part, right? No,
1: it's in Switzerland. It's in south of Switzerland. It's in the no, middle of, the it's in Interlaken of Switzerland. the German part The Interlaken
0: Valley, that's where Yeah. It's at. Yeah, in that's up in the German. That's near Zurich. No, 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 yeah,
1: Khan. Kind of. So it's the, the, the yeah. It's, um, Lucerne, no, Zurich at the Hood. I can't remember what's at the foot of it. It's toward the German border. It's beautiful country. It's the Jungfrau, right. Munch, and the Eiger. The three are there across the valley. I spent mm-hmm. like a month there just hiking and playing. Oh, wow. And then the cliffs would just go right into this valley. And I thought, God, if you could jump off a cliff and live, it'd be a great place to do it. And in my lifetime, they figured out a way to do it. And one of my students does it. I caught him on a a Facebook and I go, wait a minute, you're jumping. That's what I know where you're at. And then he he came back and said, yeah, it's like this Mecca of the world. I went, oh, that makes total sense. (laughs) But you got to be really good because the winds if they catch you wrong, which is, you know, it's one of those things. But Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying about the world. It's a whole new world.
0: (laughs) It is. Um, A lot of that comes from leisure time activities that then become. Yeah. Professional activities.
1: Yeah, someone figures out a way to monetize it and then it becomes like a career. Yeah. You can get paid to yeah. jump out of a plane on a wingsuit or something or like off a cliff. It's insane. I so know.
0: here's what I'm understanding from our conversation. And I guess maybe it's I'm able to verbalize it a little bit better. The more kinesthetic activities that we can incorporate into what we're doing with our students. Yeah. The better
1: we're preparing them for careers.
0: <laughs> right. The more we're able to allow students downtime so that they can process so they have decompression time and Correct. processing time before they have to reattack and teaching them how to pull back and that should be happening in the classroom. Um, especially the alternative classroom. But if somebody from mainstream is listening, then yeah, how are you engaging? How are you giving brain breaks? How are you teaching uh, resolution to problems by telling people just to try it again? Just try it again. Just try it again. Just try it again. Right. As opposed to let's try another tack, but give yourself a break before we even consider what the other tack might be. Right. Sort of like sailing through the waters trying to catch the right wind in order to make it to shore.
1: Yeah. Just as, if you can find other waters for a little bit. Go take mm-hmm. a break. Get on shore. And then come back out and try yeah. it again. Yeah. It's not it no, doesn't make
0: sense. and if you're having a bad day. If you're having a bad day, get some oh. movement going. Get some motion oh, going. God, yeah, try something out. Have else. the students. Yeah. Play play the hokey pokey. There's more to life than that
1: it's it, 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 and the brain needs a break you know if you're focusing anything through the laser beam ba- beam frontal lobe
0: you're, you're gonna just hurt yourself. It hurts after a while almost oh, definitely you know most I, definitely and you'll get you'll get better results I think the students will find better results the students will have a much better outlook and learn. i think discipline problems might actually subside a little bit more because they're able to find a physical outlet yeah. for what's happening that doesn't mean that their rage is going to go away if they if if there's been severe trauma <laughs> but it will help and so with those students i would probably work with your school psychologist in order to determine what might be some of the best ways to do it and if you think that that is not going to work because of that one student don't have the rest of them suffer. Try to yeah. find another alternative for them, for that one student who's the outlier, because they should not be, they should not be the guiding post for everybody. Yeah. So I want to wind things up now. And do you have any last words?
1: Hey, recess rocks. It should be everywhere. It should be all the way through
0: life too high school All well high school college you don't really need it because you yeah, can because you determine can... your schedule and what you're going to do between classes actually it's probably really it and if you have a full college. day of
1: <laughs> say
0: no if you have a full day of classes back to back that's your fault
1: oh yeah, really you shouldn't so. do that either yeah you you, know, you should yeah you should kind of reel back your recreation in college just a touch if you're going early if you're going later then you probably yeah, I, I'm a big believer in getting the kids out. You shouldn't put the screws to them. Life is not that bleak. Definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, thank Having you very hard. much, Philip. Thank you. Love, Always a pleasure. And to our <laughs> listeners, remember to give us a review. Remember to subscribe. And next week, our, we will be talking about educator burnout. So
1: if we can make it that long. <laughs>
0: we'll if make we it. make it that long, we'll exactly. make it to next week. And then. Then here we are on summer break. So until then, we say adios and oh. ciao.